June 29th, 2018 history was made when I, 24, made and uploaded my first ever podcast to the internet across all pretty much podcasting platforms. And I set out with a goal to be better than everyone else. To be better than every other video gaming and sports podcast on the entire internet. I said to myself, well, I don't know of any video gaming podcast that I like. I don't know of any sports podcast that I like. So I said, why don't I just create the best? Why don't I create something that I actually like and would like to listen to? And maybe other people will listen to. And I set out with being the best because I knew that my competition was very, very bad. I knew everybody, like nobody understands how to create a good podcast. 24 does. I set out with a goal a year ago, and a year later, over 200, 200, ladies and gentlemen, podcast episodes released, most of them being good, a few stinkers, some of which you will never, ever, 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 ever see or listen to. But for the most part, they're all great. And as I reflect back on this year, I'm ready to do it all over again. It's like an NFL season, you know, you, you gotta rewind the clock and start all the way at zero. Start all the way at midnight and go from there. So ladies and gentlemen, the peak of the mountaintop is wide open for anyone to climb the mountain, to get back to the peak. 24 is back down on the bottom. Back down on the bottom. But will once again rise once again. In 2019 to 2020, 2020, not 2020, but 24 dominated. Now I'm back at 0-0, ready to climb the mountain once again. To cast off this year, to reset myself, I thought that I would play a song to start off the podcast once again. Season 2, 24th podcast is starting right here and right now. Ladies and gentlemen, today I got a fully loaded podcast for you today. Cam Newton, the big boy, just signed a big deal contract. Not a big deal. Not a, oh, he made a lot of money. No, he signed a very, very important, a big deal. It's a big deal. A big deal contract. I'll be giving you my opinion, as I as I will, you know. I sometimes on the podcast I gotta eat a little bit of crow today. I gotta eat a little bit of uh, a, a little bit of crow about the New England Patriots and, and their newest signee, Cam Newton. Also, will the NFL actually have a season this season? Will it be delayed? I'll give you some thoughts about that, and ladies and gentlemen. That and much, 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 much more. Right here 
on 24's podcast. I played that song because... I like Rick James. He's he's fantastic. Not necessarily that I smoke weed, but I like that whole song. I like. I I, I, don't, I don't even know how he goes. I like the the drums and not the drums, but the uh, the guitars and stuff like that. I don't know. I like that song a lot. So let's get started with um with the news that may unsettle you if you're a fan of the NFL. The NFL potentially not having a NFL season today. Randall Cobb tweeted, tweeted out, excuse me, something interesting. He said, I don't have the tweet on me because I don't, like, I, I tried to look it up before the podcast, and apparently ESPN had it on NFL Live, and I don't know if he deleted the tweet because he's been inactive for almost a week. I don't know where it is. Let me try and find it. What did he say? Because ESPN had a tweet, and then, and then it's like the tweet, like, like ESPN said he had a tweet, but then it's like, it's not on his Twitter. Let me, let me try and find it. Yeah, like, it's, it's no, apparently ESPN is the only site or the only source that has this phantom tweet. Maybe he deleted it, probably did. But pretty much what he was saying was, can the players have new guidelines for testing in the NFL with COVID-19? Because training camp is four weeks away, and he's planning on moving his family, apparently from Wisconsin to Texas, which makes a lot of sense because Texas is way better to live in year-round than Wisconsin because it doesn't snow in Texas. It gets hot in Texas, but it doesn't snow in Texas, and there's no state taxes. So Randall Cobb is trying to move his family, family, and he's like, I, I don't really know what the situation is in training camp. Do I need to get an apartment? Do I, what, like, what do I need to do? Because apparently the NFL has not, has not done its guidelines. They haven't figured out their guidelines yet. And this is the fear and the realization that as fans, uh, we, we must come to this, excuse me, we must come to this. The NFL doesn't look like it's prepared. It does not look like it's prepared. You know, it's funny. The NBA, they take out insurance um, just in case their players get sick. They give the players the option to opt out of the season. They have section off parts of, of, uh, of Disneyland. Like Disneyland, I think it's still closed. I think even though in Florida, the state is trying to reopen and I won't get into all the politicalness of reopening a state and whatever. But Florida, I think, is starting to reopen. Disneyland is still closed. The hotels, the NBA is going to rent them out because guess what? They actually have like 30-something billionaires on their resume, on their on their roster, right? They're like, oh, yeah, we can rent out entire hotels. We're, we're rich. All of us are rich. So the NBA does that. They're going to give people the ability to, uh, you know, to opt out if they want to. If they don't want to, that's fine. They're going to play. They're going to have teams in different hotels, probably on different floors. They're going to put them in a bubble. They're going to be playing basketball games, the playoffs, the finals, in a bubble. 
all that they did within like three or four months. Yeah, like July, yeah, four months. Did that in four months. The NFL got the heads up in four months. It's like, hey guys, what are you going to do? Are you guys going to section off players? Are you like, like how exactly are you going to prevent players from getting the coronavirus? As I speak right now, I'm watching literally an advertisement for the UFC. UFC is trying to get Fight Island going on. They're getting off quarantined events in the United States. They're doing everything that they literally can possibly do to make sure that fights will still go on. And it looks like there hasn't been a case yet in the UFC where a lot of people have gotten it. I think only one fighter actually tested positive and it was apparently because one of his family members had it and then um, obviously because he lives in, in a house with his family and he sees his family, like he got it. So they said, we're not having him fight. And the event went on as planned, as scheduled. And when I look at the NFL, I just, like, again, I constantly have to bring this up. And I've brought this up, I think, on the last three or four podcasts. Where I said, like, I don't understand why the NFL is testing only three times a week. That seems like a lot, like, a, a, a lot less than what you actually need to test. Because, again, you got to test before and after, you know, like, like you, like, if you're thinking about this, you're like, you got to test before and after, you got to test multiple times during the week, so before and after, multiple times during the week, like, three times doesn't do it, and when they came out and they said, we're going to only test three times, I was like, that's not enough, and then you see all of the college football players getting it, it is a warning to say, hey, you guys aren't doing your job, you guys are not you, I don't know what the thing is. I don't know what the schedule is. I don't know what you're doing. I don't know what protocols you're initiating. But maybe you should start looking at the NBA instead of trying to do your own thing. Maybe you need to start looking at the UFC. Because it's not, it, it's, it's not working. Whatever, whatever the thought is, and I, and I remember Robert Kraft saying that 100% fans will be in the stands. And I was like, what, like, dude, like, and this is months ago. I was like, dude, you don't know what's going on right now. I didn't know what's going on, but it's becoming more and more clear that if you're going to tell me, like, fans have got to be in the stands, not even fans have got to be in the stands, but if, if we're going to have a season and every other sport is saying no fans and the NFL is like, we're having fans, something is definitely wrong there. Something is horribly wrong with that. And that's just, like, the start, right? Like, fans in the stands. It's like, you can't have fans in the stands. You can't. You're not even going to test right, it sounds like. So, guess, so I, I'm, I'm foreshadowing this, and I hope this doesn't happen, but the, but the longer this stuff goes on, the more obvious that it's starting to become how unprepared they, they're, like, they're, pl- they're planning the season, Like, multiple times, like three times a week, that's not enough. This notion that fans are going to be in the stands when all of the other, I think even baseball, if they get going, they're not going to have fans. Soccer. I think soccer doesn't even have fans in the stands. And it's like, 
you talk about social distancing. We're going to have social distancing in lockers. And then they're like, well, we're going to have... It's it like... I get that a doctor is is like... Is, 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 I, sorry for stuttering so much. I'm trying to think of, of what, I, what I was trying to say. Sorry. But I get that a doctor is the lead person when it comes to the protocols. I get that. I get that he's responsible for it and he's an actual doctor with a, with a degree. But the more I hear about the protocols and the things and the ways that the NFL is trying to mitigate the spread of the coronavirus to the NFL players, the more I'm like, did his doctor really suggest that? And more specifically, is it a doctor that actually knows what they're doing? That's a, that's a pretty damn good question. Because I heard... And I constantly quoted this, and I, and I cannot believe I read this, that apparently they're trying to alter the face mask on a helmet to help prevent the spread of the virus during football games. And it's like, do you not realize what sport you're playing? You're pl- I'm watching the sport right now on television because ESPN is putting on um, Cam Newton highlights. You are playing one of the most physical sports on the planet. Everybody is going to touch one another. So if one dude has it, 22 guys have it, plus people who are handling the footballs, which are referees and officials and stuff like that, plus players and water boys, and every, one person gets it, it spreads like wildfire throughout the entire team, and you think that having face masks, altered face masks, are going to help players not get the virus? Like, dude... I want football to start... But like Randall Cobb tweeted, apparently, like I, I can't find it, but like he tweeted, like you actually, like there, there needs to, maybe not tweeted, but he was kind of calling into question the planning for testing. Like you need, you need to restart and rethink some of this stuff. You don't have a lot of time anymore. I have no idea what the fuck the NFL has been doing for the past three to four months, I really have no idea, but if somebody with common sense or anything else, like anyone with common sense would have been like, yeah, three times a week isn't good enough, you speak to almost any doctor, forget about Anthony Fauci, even though he's like been one of the lead, the lead, um, like the lead, uh, like, he, like he's the president's doctor on this, I guess, is, is, a, is a better way of saying, like he's, he's the guy that the president refers to constantly. Right or that or, or that was hired by the president. I think I I don't know his I don't know his 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 freaking job description, but he's one of the big guys when it comes to the coronavirus. He is telling you, you've got to put this in a bubble. Now you may not need to do that one to one, but you need to do some type of a bubble where players are pretty much at their homes constantly. And if you need to hire some people to deliver stuff to them, if you need to like really really enforce this shit, then you need to do that right now. You need to tell players. You go straight to the training facility and your asses go straight home. And that's it. Otherwise, you're going to have a discrepancy. And I get this whole, you know, we're, we're going to have levels to, to players and not players, but like staff and stuff like that. But that, like that, that, that like the, the virus can be on surfaces, right? So it's like, yes, even if you don't have a lot of people, unless you're scrubbing down all of these facilities, it's like, guess what? People are going to touch a lot of shit. It's just how it goes. People are going to sit down in chairs. They're going to pull out journals. They're going to write notes. They're going to do all this stuff. Like, 
surface level. It is very surface level what they're doing. It's not, it is not like, it's not the whole thing. It's not going to prevent the coronavirus. Like we're not talking about preventing the coronavirus, right? We're not about completely stopping it. We're talking about mitigating the risk. And the risk right now is significant. I see so many cracks in this system. And it's obvious that they haven't thought it out that well. And it's obvious that whoever they're consulting with is either trying to get, is, is trying to be a, uh, a company man, right? So they're like, yeah, we can still have a season with fans and we can do this and we can social distance in the locker rooms. And it's like, what does that accomplish? And Sean McVay and John Harbaugh have been kind of outspoken about this, but you, you, you get fined for talking crap about the NFL if you are employed by the NFL. Like if a coach talks about the refs in the post in the post um game um in the post game interviews, he gets fined, which is ridiculous by the way. So coaches are trying not to be that outspoken about the NFL because they don't necessarily know the guidelines about the NFL. However, Sean McVay is like like we 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 go from playing and practicing a full contact sport to now being socially distant in a locker room, like common sense. Like I get it. You want to mitigate the risk, but that's like a small risk because they just came in from playing a full contact sport. Like what do you like social distancing in the locker room? Isn't like if, if somebody on the field has it, everyone has it. So it kind of brings me to this point. Of this. Season may be delayed. Season may be delayed. Because what's going to happen in training camp. Is that. You could see it spread like wildfire. You could 1000 see it. Not 1000. You could 1000% see it spread like wildfire. The NFL isn't ready man. The NFL is not ready. And again, you look into some of the protocols, you look into what the NFL is saying and what they want to do and social distancing in the locker room and stuff like that. I'm like, that's that's not good enough. Three times a week, that's not good enough. Clemson, Kansas State, all these colleges that are reopening and, and dudes are going out to bars and hanging out with people and then contracting the virus and then getting tested and then it's like, like 37, I think, Clemson players got it like a couple of weeks after, you know, um, um, the, uh, the the coaches were like, yeah, we got to have training camp in, in June and July. 37 dudes on a college football team. Imagine a lot of these players in these major market cities like Dallas, like Houston, like New York and L.A. and stuff like that. Imagine the spread of it when they go out and they come back and they are just like, oh yeah, we, we got it. We tested positive for it. And imagine how quickly that shit will spread. Especially in training camp when you have over like 100 players. Because you're trying to figure out who's going to make the team and who isn't. Like just imagine it. Like the more I think about it, the more information I start to see about it. I'm like, NFL, you got four fucking weeks. Time, like the time... You are really, really limited right now on time. You've got to figure this shit out. If you don't figure this shit out, 
you could potentially have a delay or a cancellation of this season. That is the reality of this situation. And then you see, and, and then it's like the NFL, like everybody is worried about the salary cap and shit like that. I'm like, bro, fucking forget about the salary cap. Look at what the UFC and the NBA are doing. They are letting their players and fighters opt in and out of fighting. If they don't feel comfortable fighting or playing sports or not playing sports, but playing basketball, they get to do that. But they're also putting on events and you've got to figure out how to fucking do this. And most importantly, look at what's worked. Don't, don't try and be special. Get it done. Get the season done. Get it over with. A lot of people say the sport is not the same without fans. I completely disagree. The sport will be perfectly fine without fans. They're billionaires. The, any loss will be gained in viewership. Viewership, viewership, viewership. Millions of people are going to watch week one if you get it on schedule. If you put week one on schedule, Dallas in LA, SoFi Stadium. Dak Prescott versus Jared Goff, two quarterbacks from the same draft class. CeeDee Lamb, Amari Cooper, Michael Gallup versus Aaron Donald and Jalen Ramsey. Plus Robert Woods, Cooper Cup versus the new Dallas secondary. Dude, like you are so close to fucking up what like what are people going to watch what are people going to do i just saw that the last dance in 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 the uh the tiger king documentary are being like heavily considered for awards because pretty much of how many people watched it and, and because they were good documentaries to be honest with you like if you put on this good quality product like everyone says you are everyone says the nfl is king if you put on this good quality product then guess what people will watch it don't fuck this up this is millions of dollars, billions of dollars at stake. New fans potentially walking into the NFL because they're like, why would I watch a three-hour-long game with a shit ton of advertisements in it? It's like, oh, because it's the only thing on right now. Oh, well, like, what's the Dallas Cowboys? Maybe I should watch them. Like, get it done. Get it done. Like, I, I, I just... I don't, I don't get it. I don't understand their business model, man. I don't understand what they're trying to do, the mentality that they have um, behind, excuse me, um, whatever their philosophy is for the NFL. I don't get it. They're talking about fucking in-stadium revenue like it's the significant profit margin. It's like, bro, you, most of your advert, most of your money doesn't come from the stadium. That's just a luxury that you can have. Most of your revenue comes from fucking TV networks because of the ratings that you get because of how many people watch it, not in the stadium, but at home. It's a luxury right now. It is 1,000% a luxury. Get it done. Don't fuck this up. Because I guarantee you one thing. As soon as... because. It's going to be real competitive late July because the NBA season is going to kick back up once again. And they're going to be in a bubble and maybe some players test positively, maybe some of them don't. But they'll be quarantined and they'll be sectioned off and the game will go on as usual. The games will go on as usual. And right when they get, right when the NFL season is supposed to start, basketball is going to be deep in their playoffs.
you are so close to blowing this. So close to blowing this. Figure it out. You had four months. Basketball was in the middle of it. I don't want to hear any excuses. I don't want to hear, oh, this came upon us. Basketball was like, state reopening, no state reopening. We will have our schedule, not our schedule, our season in a bubble. We'll do it. We'll quarantine uh, We'll quarantine ourselves off. UFC is like, reopening or not, we'll get Fight Island going. Last time I checked, NFL has the most money out of, all of, out of both of those leagues. Out of all three of those leagues, out of out of football, basketball, and fighting, UFC creates the most revenue. Dallas Cowboys are the most um, are, are the most profitable team on the planet. You can't figure out a way to take losses this season. Oh yeah, Jerry Jones is going to lose billion, uh, billion, not billions, hundreds of millions of dollars this year. Isn't he a billionaire? He can take a loss. He can take losses. People are taking losses. Nobody wants to hear billionaires losing millions of dollars. Nobody cares. I don't care. Get it done. Figure it out. This is ridiculous that we're in that that we're two days away from July, two days away, or technically four weeks away from the start of training camp, and the NFL is like, oh yeah, well, um, we may have to re, re look at excuse me our um our our protocols this season. It's like what? You guys have four months. Why are you so late on changing your protocols? Why didn't you look at baseball? Why didn't you look at basketball? Why didn't you look at fighting? Why didn't you look at Korean baseball? They're like, we're going to have holographics of fan. We're going to have holograms in the stands. This is ridiculous. Holy fucking shit, man. I just, I, I can't stand this level of incompetence. I just can't stand it. It's so easy. It's so easy to get this shit done. By easy, I mean easy, like at their level. You just look at what everybody is doing and copy it. But because they want to make more money, they want to make up some of the losses. They're literally trying to jump over a 20 to get a five. It's like full season. You could have, like I think for the draft, they had, what was what was the draft ratings? Forty-seven million. Context: Most Monday night football games are like, like a good rating, like twenty-five million. Forty-seven point five million people watched names be read off of a card. Okay, you could potentially have the same numbers, ratings-wise, as you would in a Super Bowl. Week one. Let me repeat that. You could potentially have the same ratings. Somewhere close to 80 million live people watching week one Sunday night. Dallas at SoFi Stadium. But you want to have fans in the stands. You want to be lackadaisical in the testing. 
You want to be like you. You want to. You want to say. You want to be the NFL, right? You want to be semi buttoned up, not but semi buttoned up, fake buttoned up. You you not even fake. You want to. You want to seem and act like you have everything covered up. Oh, we're we're the NFL and we don't like this and we don't like that and we don't support this and we we're we're gonna be buttoned up. We're going to say, hey, players, be six feet apart in the locker room, even though you just came back from running into one another at high rates of speed, but be socially distant in the locker room. Hey, players, we're trying to, we're, we're going to have face masks, altered face masks, so that way we can prevent the spread of the coronavirus, and that'll help restrict your breathing, even though that's literally not going to happen in every other sport. Hey, players, we're going to test you three times a week, not two times, not, not, not one time before the game and one time after the game. We're going to test you multiple times during the week. We're going to be politically correct or we're going to appear like it. And then comes, comes in reality. And then your whole plan, your whole scheme, your whole plot. You realize, and other people realize, this shit is a house of cards. This will not work. This will not work. UFC is going to work. Basketball is going to work. Korean baseball has worked. I've seen fans be like, or, and again, I've seen people be like, well, you know, you got to have fans in the stands. The experience won't be the same. I don't know about you, but fall without football would feel really, really awkward. Oh, but you can have 20%, 50%. You can do this. You can do that. It's like, why even risk it? Why? You have 20%, 15%. Why? Why? So are there going to be vendors? Are there going to be reduced vendors? What about the people who have to clean the stadium? Some stuff you have to sacrifice. Everybody's sacrificing this in, in this year. Everybody has things that they have to give up this year. Everybody. The NFL is not, or not is not, should not be the only team, the, o- the only organization, the only league that doesn't sacrifice. You're not special. You're just like everybody else, susceptible. Let me transition to this. I was watching Good Morning Football today. No, I wasn't even watching Good Morning Football. I was watching actual football this morning. I think it was, uh, what, what teams was I watching? Oh, yeah, the Buccaneers versus the Giants. No idea why they put that game on. But I noticed, and I went on my DVR, and I was kind of going through the weeks, or not the weeks, but the days this week, and I was like, good morning, football isn't on. Hmm. It's like, why is that? And then it kind of clicked to me. Oh, wait, they're on break. Like, every other TV show... Uh, they, they Every TV show pretty much gets a break during the summer. Sometimes it's early June. 
Sometimes it's July. It seems like they're taking a break this week, which is July. Or technically, it will be July on Wednesday. But the NFL, they're like, well, we're going to actually have people, you know, we're going to have, we're going to have interest, we're going to have football games, right? Essentially what I've been campaigning for, for months. I'm like, please put on football. I actually like watching football. I don't like original shows that just have a bunch of people debating because that's essentially what the majority of the NFL network shows are. It's literally just people debating and uh, people giving you some news here and there. But for the most part, it's debating. And Good Morning Football, as much as they don't necessarily want to like be labeled as that, they're pretty much a debate show. And now, it's not canceled. It's just put on leave, I guess. They'll be back. But I've watched, again, I've watched a lot of cable television because, like, like I, I've wanted to be up and... I've, I've wanted a live feed of, essentially, um, the news when it comes to sports. But it, it's really just... Like, I'm watching the jump right now because I can't change channels. And I wanted to kind of go through the days. And it's like, literally, it's, it's three people debating on the long-term effects of COVID-19 need to be a, a bigger deal, right? Because Rudy Gobert apparently can't smell out of his nose um, the same way that he could before he got the virus, right? So they're debating this right now. Kendrick Perkins, Jason Williams, I think, and Rachel Nichols, they're talking about it. It's like, I kind of just want to watch a sports game, you know? I thought that's what we're all about, watching sports. Not necessarily talking about it, but... And if we do talk about it, talk about it in a news-type show. And if we do debate, you come to me. Technically, I don't debate. I just put my feelings out there, and that's kind of it. I'm not really a debating type of guy. I just have strong opinions. But it's like over and over and over again, I get the same shows... From the same network, same concepts, everybody copies each other. But the NFL, they're like, well, we can't run like four or five hours of good morning football. Because literally what they do, the NFL network, because they're so fucking lazy on this. They literally just run good morning football from like early in the morning to pretty much like, like I think good morning football is like a two or three hour show. But they extend it to four or six hours because they replay the entire show as soon as it ends. Instead of playing like a football game, for example. They're like, yeah, we could we could do something a little bit original. Or we could just have a bunch of, uh, of reruns. And that's exactly what they do. They just show off a bunch of reruns over and over and over again. But today I was pleasantly surprised because I actually got football. And I thought to myself, I'm like, wow, like, if the NFL Network had actually, or not actually, but would actually say to themselves, like, we would, we, we really want to have maybe a more original content instead of just replaying the exact same stuff over and over again. And, and it's like, oh my god. Like, I, like, a new show that they have is What If? The Catch. NFL Media, and this is the description, NFL Media Insiders discuss what would happen if Dwight Clark dropped Joe Montana's 
pass with 51 seconds remaining in the 1981 NFC Championship game. My, my answer to that question and my response to that statement is who the hell cares? Who cares? A, you can't fucking predict what's going to happen after that. B, who cares? They, it's not like it actually changes anything. Again, it's like, maybe, 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 because this is apparently a original, like, show that they're going to have, and they got two episodes in, like, a 30 block, a 30 minute block, so they got two 15 minute episodes, which is ridiculous. NFL media insiders discussed the ramifications of Andrew Luck's decision to forego the 2011 NFL draft and return to Stanford for a final season. Who cares? I don't care. And apparently they have an hour of this what if crap, right? Where they go from like, or is that an hour and a half? No, they have two hours of this crap. Andrew Luck's decision, Drew Brees landing in Miami. Like, I don't, I don't care about this stuff. And this is the new show that they're going to have for two hours from 7 o'clock to 9 o'clock on Thursday. Who cares? Like, and it seems like it's just, oh, yeah, you know, we're just going to debate. You know, we're going to have another debate show or something that's going to be similar in the, in the main vein, you know? And then you want to know the obnoxious thing? I'm probably going to watch it. Not because it's entertaining, but it's fascinating at how consistent the theme is. Where, it, like, it, it's, it looks like it's, it reminds me of the Dallas Cowboys last season, where the Dallas Cowboys were like, um, well, we'll just, uh, we'll just run the football all the time. We'll just keep on running it. We'll keep on running the football until we lose and Jason Garrett gets fired. Like, it reminds me of that, where it's like, literally, if you guys had had more original content, because it's like really like you you can tune into any network and pretty much get the exact same thing, but literally if you if people were more creative, if people took more risks, if people tried to do different things, like, like there would be a clear cut winner. But all of them are literally the exact same, and it sucks because I want people to actually like take risks, be interesting, and to give me good like give me something to watch. But it's like, it's, th- this is the reason I was watching New Girl before this. I was watching an old TV show that I loved and I still love. And I was like, man, like, and, and I'm in season four, so things are really starting to pick up. I'm like, I would literally watch New Girl, then watch like the NFL or not the NFL, but like TV. It's like, this is why cable is whooping cable, not cable, but this is why like Netflix is whooping cable's ass right now. Because people just don't get it. Anyways. Just some thoughts. But moving on from, you know, ranting and raving about NFL, not the NFL not showing actual games. I'm kind of just, by the way, going through all of the time blocks here. I'm going to, like, next week to see if next week they have the, um, if they have a game going on. Or games going on, excuse me. What is this? I'm on Saturday. But let me go ahead and transition to this. Obviously, Cam Newton signing to the New England Patriots. Did you expect that? I didn't. 
I constantly said that um, that I felt like the play, not the playoffs, but the Patriots weren't a playoff team because like of Jarrett Stidham, and then they lost other players like uh, Kyle Van Noy and uh, and uh, Jamie Collins and like really really important characters or not characters but players, excuse me, to their football team. They lost them to their defensive side of their football team, and obviously they lost Brady. Yeah, Good Morning Football is on next week. So they're taking like a week break. <sighs> it's it's literally a three-hour long show that they play for six hours. Like from 6 a.m. To, to 9 a.m. Not 9 a.m., but to 12 a.m. It's like they, they have one of the shows, or not one of the shows, excuse me, but they have the, um, the first block, the first three hours of the show. So they go from like 6 a.m. to 9 a.m. And then they go from there... After after the show ends, they replay the entire show again from 9 a.m. to 12 p.m., which is obnoxious. It's just play a football game. It's three hours. Nobody wants to watch the show again. If you think it comes on way too early in the morning, then freaking move it back. I don't want to see a, a freaking. I don't want to see people talking about football. I would rather see people play football. That's why I go to certain networks. So now, I'm done watching cable. Do you want to know what I'm watching right now? I'm watching a DVD, and I have a shit ton of DVDs, so now I'm watching, like, season three of South Park, because nothing is on, and because I don't want to access the internet on my cable, or not on my cable, but on my TV, because it soaks up the internet, makes browsing stuff difficult, anyways, going back to Cam, Cam signed, I'm surprised, I really, really, really did not think that was going to happen, I thought that Cam was going to go... I thought that Cam was going to be a backup quarterback, if I'm, if I'm honest with you. I thought that the Patriots would not sign him because he was asking for too much money, but then he, then it turns out that he, uh, that he, you know, lowered his price and they came, uh, they came and they signed him. Also, to be honest with you, I thought that the Patriots were actually going to go with Jarrett Stidham, but then... Jeff Cavanaugh of uh, 105.3 The Fan, he mentioned this. He's like, Bill Belichick played everybody again. And I can't believe he did it again because I bought it hook, line, and sinker. I'm like, there's no way that he's not going to, uh, uh, or not no way, but there's no way he's signing Cam Newton or anyone else. It looks like he wants to go with, with Jarrett Stidham, and he finessed the league once again, and he got Cam Newton. And you know what? As much as I am, um, I'm not a huge Cam fan, but is he better than Jarrett Stidham? Yeah, he is. And I keep saying this about Cam. It's going to be interesting to see Cam Newton uh, play this year because Cam is, or was, reworking his throwing, his throwing motion, right? To take some stretch and the pressure off of his throwing shoulder because he's had two surgeries on his throwing shoulder in the last, like, couple of seasons. So he's like... All right, I got to kind of take the pressure, the stretch off my right shoulder. Let me throw from the legs down instead of throwing from the waist up. Get that power, that same power from my lower half instead of from my upper half, right? So it's going to be interesting to see uh, Cam Newton play this season with that, you know, with that new throwing uh, motion. And he's definitely had more time I know he keeps on posting, like, workout videos and stuff like that. Let me actually try and find it here. 
trying to find any workout videos from from him. I mean, by workout, I mean like him throwing the football, not him like actually working out. I'm not that concerned. Like he's a football player, he's an athlete, he's a professional athlete. It's like he should already be working out. It's it's not the question of whether or not he's working out. The question is more along the lines of what is he doing on the football field. I think that matters a lot more than what he's doing off of it. Like how is he throwing the football? You know, has he gotten has he gotten that motion down? Like, how, what has he learned this offseason instead of, you know, him just working out? Him working out is good and everything, but, again, he, he's, he's a football player. So, I mean, we'll, we'll see. We'll see about Cam. But do I think that Jared Stidham will be the starting quarterback week one? Probably not. Probably not. I think Cam is better than him. I mean, Jared Stidham, I don't, I don't, I don't know what he does. Like, I, I, I've never seen Jared Stidham play. But it's like, if you told me going from Tom Brady to a rookie quarterback or going from Tom Brady to, uh, to Cam Newton, I'd be more secure going with Cam. I mean, he's been in the league for almost 10 years. He's been, um, everybody's talking about his accolades, the MVP season, the Super Bowl, all that good stuff. I'm more concerned about what he's capable of doing right now, you know? That's what I'm more concerned with. Like, it's, it's cool to see him work out, but what is he doing on the football field? What is he doing off the football field? Because, you know, I, Cam, the thing about Cam that's really, really deceptive, he's got the body of, like, a tight end. He's a football player. He's athletic. He's super athletic. But that's not the position that he plays. The position that he plays is quarterback. It's like... It's like saying, um, you know, oh my God, that kicker has a six pack. It's like, who cares? He's a kicker. He doesn't really have, like, that's why Adam Vinatieri can last for like 40, 40 something years in the league or lasts until he's 40 years old. It's like, who cares? You know, what, what shape he's in. Obviously, he can't be freaking obese, but, you know, like, there are certain positions where being lean and strong aren't necessarily, maybe not lean and strong, but having like a six pack isn't necessarily the most important thing. It's it's about, you know, what do you do outside of the gym? Is he watching tape? Is he throwing the football around? Has he gotten his throwing motion down? You know, all this stuff, it matters. And, you know, it's cool to see Cam, and he's probably 230, 240. So he's a big dude. It's cool to see him, you know, training and stuff like that. But how is Cam actually working out on the football field? That's my question. We'll see. We'll see. Let me try and find some some Cam Newton throwing workouts. Because all he posts is him, like, working out. And by working out, I mean like him lifting weights and stuff like that. <clears throat> trying to find something recent like a couple of days ago, but he doesn't post anything recent. Let me try and see him open up his hips. This is a couple of months ago. You can't see it. Yep, way better. 
He's opening like if you see if you see Dak Prescott throw, bang, there you go. That's way better. Way better. So let me let me talk about what I see with Cam Newton. And I learned this from Chris Sims. I didn't just it's not because I'm smart, I learned this from other people. When you're playing the quarterback and you're playing like Cam plays, where he's this big, he's talented, he's got a big ass arm. He's got a freaking shotgun. He, he freaking rips apart his shirt like he's Superman. When you got, like, this dude, you think to yourself, okay, he's got a big arm. He doesn't have to work on his throwing motion and stuff like that. But Cam, I don't know I, I don't know the status of his body or whatever, but Cam probably puts a lot, of, and not probably, but he definitely puts a lot of strain on his shoulder, his joints, his muscles, stuff like that on his shoulder because he just rips it apart because of how big and how strong his arm is. His body can't actually take the power that it's generating. Right? So what you need to do is instead of putting all that strain on your arm and on your shoulder, you're putting all that strain on your legs. Your legs are way bigger. They're way tougher, especially Cam. His legs are definitely way bigger, way stronger. And when you throw from your legs, you don't exhaust your shoulder. You preserve it. Right? So sometimes he may have to throw off his back foot, off balance, where he can't set up his feet. That's where the arm strength comes into play. But for a regular ass throw, he should not be using the entirety of his shoulder. He should just like, it should just be from waist down, essentially. And what I see from Cam right now, and this is a couple of months ago in March, what I see from Cam is he's really opening up his hips. And when you open up your your hips, it's like freaking kicking, right? When you see somebody kick, their first thing that they do, if you watch, um, what's her name? Um, Valentina Shevchenko. When you see her demonstrate how she does a lot of her kicks, she the first thing that she does is open up her hips because she generates a lot of power with her legs. And that's literally how every kicker, not every kicker, but everyone who kicks, like in martial arts, that's how they generate power, by opening up their hips. And when they open up their hips, they can freaking generate more torque. That's exactly what Cam is doing here. He's opening up his hips, generating more torque, and he's not putting so much pressure on his shoulder. Bang, there you go. So now, instead of him... That's, that's a beautiful ball. So now, instead of him just destroying his shoulder, he's now follow-throwing... He's now giving follow-through with his arm, which is another reason why he probably had some issues with his shoulder. Because now he's follow-through... Now he's using follow-through with his arm, his shoulder, so he's not just, like, stopping it and putting all this strain on your on his shoulder. Like, if you don't know what I'm talking about, like, try to, like, act like you're throwing, right? And instead of follow-throughing with your throw, stop, like, midway, and it puts, like, so much pressure and, and like, stress on your shoulder. Instead of, like, follow-throughing, just stop, and you'll feel it in your shoulder. That's what Cam was doing. But imagine, instead of you being, like, you know, instead of you being you, you're now like six foot five, six foot seven, like two hundred and something pounds, and you're and, and you're and you're pretty much like a black Superman. So it's so important, and and like you may be asking me, or not maybe now, but you know previously you may have asked me, well, like why is his throwing motion so important? Like this is why, and now his throwing motion, it's a lot better. It's a lot better. He's not stopping. He's follow throwing. Bang! There he is. There you go. Not saying that he's going to be great this year. I mean, he's been out of the league. Maybe not out of the league, but he hasn't, like, played a full season in God knows how long. I think in, like, four or five years, maybe. But he's starting to, like, he looks 
a lot better throwing it. There you go. Than he's ever looked. And, you know, the reason why some of these older quarterbacks like Drew and Tom can last for so long is because of this stuff right here. I'm not saying Cam is going to last until he's in his 40s. He may not last until next season. I don't know. But if you were to tell me, oh my gosh, the, the Patriots got this uberly talented quarterback and Cam Newton, which is why I wanted them to get Deshaun Watson for this exact same reason, but Deshaun is easily a, a way better football player than Cam Newton is right now. But if you told me Patriots are going to get Cam or Deshaun or an uberly talented quarterback for potentially next season, like I, I would have I would have been like, oh yeah, Patriots are going to go back to the playoffs. Now, Cam has got to get up to speed because Cam has not been with the Patriots because the Carolina Panthers released him way too late and uh, it didn't necessarily help out his chances of getting getting and going to a team. But yes, can Cam, can Cam have a really, really nice season this season? Especially in the sense of what the Patriots are going to do next season are essentially going to do what he did in Carolina with North Turner when, uh, not when, but essentially when... Uh, when he had his best season, where he had, uh, I think, 67% completion percentage when he played a full season with North Turner, they're going to give him some really, really short throws, some really, really inter- um, some short intermediate throws. They're not really going to take the top off the defense, and Cam is going to have to learn that. But will he learn the Patriot system, or will he try to revert back to his old tendencies, his, his old ways? You know, it really only depends on what he's been doing these last couple of off-seasons. Has he truly learned to throw from the pocket? Because I think that's what I think that's where he's going to make his money. Forget about him running. I don't care about him running. I really, really don't care. I don't care about Lamar Jackson running. I don't care about Cam Newton running. My like the reason why I'm so high on Lamar is because he's actually a good thrower of the football. That's why I'm so high. That's why I'll go to the ends of the earth to fight for Lamar. The reason why I'm not going to the ends of the earth to fight for Josh Allen or Mitchell Trubisky or even Cam Newton is because they don't, like, they're not great throwers of the football like a Lamar Jackson is. Lamar Jackson is a little bit raw. But right now, if you told me who would I rather have, Cam Newton or, or Lamar, I'm taking Lamar. Oh, yeah, I'm taking Lamar Jackson 1,000%. But it's not just about can he run fast and can he run strong and all that stuff. It's can he actually play the position that he's supposed to play, and that's quarterback. The whole concept of playing quarterback is you're supposed to throw the, fo- the football, not running. A lot of people like, um, a lot of people like freaking um, quarterbacks running and stuff like that. I don't. It's how you get hurt. It's how you put unnecessary hits on your body. It should be the last resort. And some people are like, yeah, let's just run the football. Let's just run it with Dak, right? Randomly. It's like, no, don't run it with Dak. Have him learn how to throw from the pocket. Same thing goes with Kim. Have his ass learn from the pocket. Now, how badly did the NFL mess this up? How badly did the NFL potentially mess up one of the most talented quarterbacks in the league, and he is very talented, going to easily one of the best organizations in the league? Uh, Yeah, they screwed this up badly. And you know what? Kind of looking at what the Patriots did this offseason, who did they draft exactly? They drafted, I think, one of the best tight ends in in the draft, and that's not saying anything. Cole commit and like another dude. They drafted tight ends. Greg Olson. 
one of Cam's favorite weapons. Tight end. South Carolina. Not South Carolina, but for the Carolina Panthers. Cam Newton is still going to have his guys, and even Christian McCaffrey. Like Julian Edelman, congratulations. You're now the new Christian McCaffrey on the team. Sony Michelle, James White, Rex Burkett, if he's still there, they're going to be the new James White. Not James White, Christian McCaffrey. Nikhil Harry, hopefully he is not a bust. He is starting to kind of look like it. If he does not have a good season, not even a good season, but like an okay season. He was like hurt, and then he just did not play well for um for the entirety of the season that he will, that he played in. For the parts of the season that he played in, excuse me. So he needs to have a good season. I'm not saying that the Patriots offense is going to be like this blockbuster thing. I'm not going to say that the Patriots defense is going to be essentially um like what they were last last year where they were like one of the best when it came to turnovers and stuff like that. But man, could some of those teams, uh, not some of those teams, but uh, could the Patriots actually make like a surprising comeback and make like, and win the division again? Remember, they play up against two of the worst teams in the league in Miami and the Jets. And if there's one person, there's one thing that I trust about the Patriots, and, and that is Bill Belichick. And then they have Josh McDaniels. AFC East, as soon as they thought that, and I and I said this, I was like, I, w- I wouldn't sleep on Bill. Even though, I, like, I don't trust Jarrett Stidham and stuff like that, I was like, I'm leaving this, I'm leaving this crack in the door, and Bill Belichick just freaking, freaking just kicked it in and said, hey, Cam Newton, $7 million, one year. They still got Deontay Hightower. They still got freaking, um, they still got, Stephon Gilmore, they still got Devin McCourty, they still got some players on the defensive side of the football field, what was, what was uh, their draft doesn't matter, I was about to look up, the, yeah, let's look up the New England Patriots draft, let me check it out, Hmm. <clears throat> Getting this dumbass out of my way. They got Kyle Duggar from Lenore Ryan University. They got Josh Uche. Pretty much, he's going to be essentially another Kyle Van Noy, Jamie Collins, an outside linebacker. And Anthony Jennings, same thing, from Alabama. Devin Asai, Asai, I think that's how you say his name. Tight end out of UCLA and Dalton Keene. I, I thought they got Cole Commit. Excuse me. They got another guy that I liked, Dalton Keene, Virginia Tech. Those two guys c- could potentially be um, the, the tight end core for the Patriots. Like, the Patriots, their draft now that I kind of look at it, it, it's, it may not necessarily be the best draft, and it's, it's definitely not. It's one of the drafts that I didn't like. I didn't like how they didn't get a wide receiver. But looking at it now, it's like, wait a second. This stuff, what they did, it kind of makes sense for what the Patriots want to do. So even though it's not what I would have done, mostly the league would have done, it's very, very patriotic. It is exactly what the Patriots would have done. It's not like the Patriots have had 20 years worth of success and 
six Super Bowls and nine Super Bowl appearances. It's not. It's not it at all. Long and the short of it is, I was wrong about the New England Patriots. I think they could potentially, not potentially, I think they'll win the AFC this year again. They'll figure it out. They don't got Tom Brady, but they will figure it out. They will run it, or and they will probably run it a lot with Cam. Um, what's his name? Josh McDaniels will probably have some new, some new um, offensive play calling for Cam. Because now he can run the football and stuff like that. Yep. Patriots, I think, are going to be fine this year. Oh, by the way, I think he's going to beat out Jarrett Stidham, if that's not obvious. Because I I think some people are like, will Cam Newton beat out Jarrett Stidham? It's like, yes. Yes, he will. (laughs) Yes, he will. I'm like, yes, he will. So, it's kind of my thoughts on the Patriots and their new quarterback, Cam Newton. Kind of keeping keeping it right here with the New England Patriots. Apparently, like a couple minutes after it was released that the Patriots were going to sign Cam Newton, um, it was also reported that apparently the Patriots are going to get punished for the taping controversy all the way back in December, taping the, the Bengals. Now, as soon as I, like, I, I was confused because I thought that they had let it drop, but apparently they did not let it drop, which I don't understand. Why it took them like seven months, eight months for this, like for this to come into effect. But um, I thought 1,000% that the Patriots should have been punished. And I love the Patriots. I love Bill Belichick. I love Tom Brady. I think that they 1,000% should have gotten punished. Also, how's Bill Belichick not suspended from the, from the league? Like, I think it's worth a question. I think it's worth asking. You know, Deflategate, Spygate, whether or not they did it or not. They got caught doing it, which I think is the most important thing. It's like, if you're going to cheat, at least be smart about it. And they've constantly cheated. So I don't understand how he's not, like, fired or suspended. Bill Belichick. It's like, come on. That's ridiculous. And I get it. It's Bill Belichick, and he's one of the greatest football coaches of all time, if not the greatest. But the amount of times that he's been caught cheating, I think is a little bit ridiculous. And And it goes without saying that the Patriots do have, you know, a, um, a record, so to speak. Not to say that the Super Bowls aren't earned. Not to say that the greatness, the reverence isn't legitimate. Just saying uh, they got caught with their hands in the cookie jar a little bit too many times and too often. Especially in this case where apparently the, uh, the newscaster or the, the, the crew was like, well, th- they had a third-party crew film the footage, right? Not actual patri- people that were associated with the Patriots. They had a third-party crew, and they were like, well, we didn't know not to film sidelines and stuff like that. And I was like, you weren't briefed on this stuff? Really? You weren't briefed on it? You weren't briefed on how not to, you know, piss off the league? You would think that they would, especially when it comes to going and scouting teams and stuff like that, you would think that they would know that, but apparently they don't. I don't, I don't get it. I don't get how the Patriots, they don't get it. But the, but the punishment, I think, was fair. Um, 1.1 million. Nobody cares. They're billionaires. Um, a third round pick, that's worth it. That's important. 
and um, some dumb thing where they're going to have to go in for training to say, don't cheat. I think a third round pick. I mean, maybe not because it's not like they actually draft well. So the Patriots find 1.1 million, loses a third round rounder. I think it's worth it. But I, I, I again, don't understand how Bill Belichick is not fired or suspended for like a year. I don't, I don't get that. With Bounty Gate, Sean Payton, and Greg Williams. Greg Williams, I think, was fired. Sean Payton was suspended for like a year. He couldn't play. He couldn't be a saint. He had a coach, I think, his, um, his kids, like, football team or basketball team or volleyball team or whatever. Like, that's what he did for like a year. He was not allowed to be a saint anymore. I don't understand how Bill Belichick doesn't get that same punishment. Especially when he has a history of it. Like, Sean Payton, for what it's worth, his on his resume, it won't be labeled as, like, oh, he cheated. It's like, Bill Belichick will always have those dark stains on his resume because it's like, yeah, he kind of did for, like, I won't say a lot of his career, but for, you know, parts of his career. Especially early on in his career. It's like, yeah, he kind of did. Again, not saying that he's one of the best coaches of all time. I'm just saying... It just so happens that one of the best head coaches of all time cheated a lot. Just saying that. Moving on from the Patriots and their absolutely uh, and their absolutely fantastic haul of Cam Newton, and then the unfortunate news of well, uh, they're going to uh, they're going to have to give up a third rounder, and they they they're done. Like they're they're going to have to give up. 1.1 million. They were fine for 1.1 million. Moving off of that, let us talk about Jadavian Clowney. This is going to be the final thing that I got to talk about on the one one year anniversary. By the way, I should have mentioned this at the beginning of the podcast. Um, I'm going to have a lot of games. Not a lot of games, but because this is kind of you know the one year anniversary of the podcast, I was like, well, you know, let's let's do something that I want to do. Let's not really cover the information, the news that's going to be out and stuff like that. I kind of just want to have some fun here on the podcast. So I thought to myself, you know what? Let's go ahead and cover Lamar Jackson. I got three games of his. This is during his MVP season. I was like, let's let's watch these three games. Let's have some fun. So that's what we're gonna do for like the rest of the week. We're gonna watch. El Freaky, get a little bit freaky on the telly. I can't wait. I cannot wait to watch some Lamar Jackson. I can't wait to just get away from covering the news and stuff like that going on in the NFL. It's a little bit boring, but it's also kind of interesting. Final thing that I'll cover, Jadavian Clowney going to potentially either the Saints or, check this one out, the Dallas Cowboys. Did I say it right? The Dallas Cowboys. So apparently, Jadavian Clowney has two destination spots that he wants to go to. He wants to go to either the Saints or the Dallas Cowboys. Now, 
I'll say this once, I'll say this again. Jadavian Clowney, he is not worth $20 million. And he was like, he was asking for Demarcus Lawrence money. It's like, no, you're not as good as Demarcus Lawrence. So he's like, I want Demarcus Lawrence money. I have your numbers right here, Jadavian Clowney. You are not Demarcus Lawrence. You have three sacks on the entire season. And I think he played like 16 games. And he has, most importantly, playing with J.J. Watt, has not had a, a double-digit sack season. He, he had nine and a half sacks in 2017, which was not even arguably, it's inarguably his best season in the league. But after that season, bupkis. And he's kind of been on the decline for the past couple of seasons going from nine and a half to nine all the way down to three in Seattle. Can he put pressure on the quarterback? Yes, he can. But to be one of the highest paid defensive tackles in the, in the league, you also got to actually sack the quarterback. It's not just about pressures. A lot of people have a lot of, a lot of strong opinions about it where it's like it's not just sacks, it's about pressuring. Well, you kind of need to pressure and sack the quarterback, of course if you're actually going to be one of the highest paid defensive ends in the league. So why would Jadavion Clowney go to one of these teams? Saints, Cowboys. Cowboys. Well, probably because the same reason why Jamal Adams wants to go to Dallas and the same reason why, um, uh, I, no, I, I don't think anyone else wants to go to Dallas right now. But, but Jadavion wants to go to a team that can help him out and a team that he actually likes. So he could go to, for example, the Saints and be opposite Cam Jordan, right? He could go to the Cowboys, be opposite of Demarcus Lawrence. And Jadavion and Demarcus pretty much have the exact same play style where they essentially play both to stop the run and to rush the passer. So now you got two Jadavians, not Jadavians, excuse me, Two Demarcus Lawrence's on the football field. You got one guy that can stop the run, and the other guy that can also stop the run. And Jadavian in Seattle pretty much stopped the run by himself. How much money is he asking for, by the way? He at the start of the season, I think it was asking for 22 million. Not for three sacks. Can't even do it. Not even close. He's probably not even like I would say top five when it comes to rushing the passer right now in the league. It's like you're not getting that money. You ain't getting that money. Then it kind of, then I think um, Seattle offered, or was it the Browns? I can't remember who offered him this money. Apparently the Browns offered him $18 million. He said no, and then Miami offered him $17 million, and then he said no again. And then he's probably getting close to Dallas's asking range, which is somewhere close to between 8 to $10 million. Get his ass in camp. You also need to sign Dak Prescott, obviously. But, and I wrote this down. I wrote down a, a list of names. I wrote down Jadavian Clowney, Demarcus Lawrence as your two main starters. Now, what Dallas is going to run apparently is a 3-4 or some type of hybrid 4-3 where essentially they're going to have these things called DPRs. DPRs stand for designated pass rushers. So they're going to have dudes that are going to line up like an outside linebacker but really, they're defensive ends. They're going to line up like that, and then they're just going to rush the passer. So technically, they will be in a 3-4, and I put that in air quotes, but really, it's going to be somewhere like a 5-2, where they're going to have like 
uh, maybe not 5-2, but like a 4-3, where they're going to essentially have linebackers rushing the passer, not linebackers, but defensive ends rushing the passer, pretty much being linebackers. So it would be Jadavian Clowney, Demarcus Lawrence, Don Terry Poe, Gerald McCoy, maybe Tyrone Crawford somewhere in the mix, Alden Smith, Randy Gregory, Bradley, and Nye. That's your defensive lineman. Oh, yeah, Neville Gallimore. Maybe Tristan Hill. We'll see. Got all those guys on the defensive line against... How many teams are they going to play up against this season with bad offensive lines? Let me take a quick peek. Let me just take a gander at it. Take a quick gander at it. Bad offensive lines in the NFL that Dallas is going to go up against. Atlanta, Seattle, Cleveland, New York, Cardinals, Washington. Pittsburgh has a good one. So does Minnesota. Um, Baltimore has another good one. Bengals. And then they play their divisional rivals again. So how many teams is that? Counting, and we're going to, not teams, but games where they're going to have uh, bad offensive lines that they're going to go up against. That is one, the Giants, two, Bengals, three, Washington, another Washington game, Arizona, New York, Browns, Seattle, Ravens. Not Ravens, um, Atlanta. So that is... One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine games. That's over half the season. Where it's like, hmm, their offensive lines, they uh they look kind of susceptible to a dominant pass rush in the Dallas Cowboys if they get Demarcus Lawrence and Jadavian County and Neville Gallimore and Gerald McCoy and Don Terry Poe and who else? Neville Gallimore and all these other guys that I just mentioned. All those other guys. I don't know. I also think Everson Griffin, if Jadavian Clowney wants way too much money, he is 1,000% in play. But he is not necessarily, he is not, I think, as good of a fit as a Jadavian Clowney. How many sacks did Everson Griffin have? Let me check it out. I think he also wants to be a cowboy. Let me see. Everson Griffin, he had... Sacks, he had eight. So he has been on the decline for the past couple of years, having multiple double-digit um, sack seasons. He actually has only three in 10 years. Yeesh. And that's not very good. And he's 32 years old. And he only has how many tackles? Oh, yeah, no, he has 41 tackles. Plays a right defensive end, so that's exactly where you would want him. We'll see about Everson Griffin. We will see. If I had one of the two, I would get Jadavian. But if I couldn't get Jadavian, cannot go wrong with Everson Griffin. Especially being a starter on your football team. I think he's got a little bit more juice left. He was beating the tar out of Tyron Smith.
But I think if you give, if you if you can get Jadavian, you get Jadavian. If you can get Everson, you get Everson. That's just my opinion. But I think if Jadavian wants to get the money, I think what he's got to do, especially if if Dallas if they won a Super Bowl. I think what he's got to do is he's got to look at the other guy that played right defensive end for the Dallas Cowboys last year, Robert Quinn. He was having a down season where he had 10 and a half sacks with the Rams back in 2012, then 19 sacks in 2013, and then 10 and a half sacks in 2014. And that was the last time that he had double digit sacks. And then Dallas got him for like a seventh, seventh rounder, I think, sixth rounder, something like that. Then he comes to the Dallas Cowboys, and he automatically has 11 and a half sacks. Mm-mm-mm. Doesn't sound, that sound great? And then he goes on and he gets paid, he gets paid multi-million dollars. He got a big, 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 big deal. That's Robert Quinn, formerly of the Rams, Dolphins, and Cowboys, currently of the Chicago Bears. So he had a bunch of down years, a bunch of single-digit sack seasons. Then he goes to the Dallas Cowboys, and he's like, hmm, let me line up opposite of DeMarcus. And look at what happened. 11 and a half sacks. He gets paid buckets. I'm Jadavian, I'm seeing that, I'm like, hmm. Short-term loss, long-term gain. Gain, excuse me. What happens if I go to Dallas and I get 10, 11, 12 sacks a season? This season. It's like, hmm. Hmm, hmm, hmm. Wouldn't that be Interesting. Especially against eight or nine teams. I, I counted nine, but, you know, we'll, we'll, we'll see. Nine teams that I think have suspect offensive lines that Dallas is going up against. Most of them being in their own division. Mm, mm, mm. I think it's clear. Jadavian Clowney should go to the metallic silver and blue. Put on a jersey. Put on the Lone Star State star. And be on America's team in Dallas, Texas. At least that's what I think he should do. I don't know. We'll see. What am I looking up? Oh, yeah. God damn it. I had you muted. I had you muted again. Ugh. Jesus Christ, I keep forgetting to unmute you. We're going out the same way we came in. 24th Podcast Season 2, Episode 1 is about to end, ladies and gentlemen. I have been your host, 24. This has been my podcast, 24th Podcast, the best video gaming and sports podcast on the entire internet. It is hot as a it is as hot as the devil's ass crack in the middle of hell in the middle of July. 
toss balls in here. Sorry that you could hear my fans, because you definitely could hear my fans. Again, for the rest of the week, we will be having multiple, multiple Lamar Jackson games where Lamar Jackson played fantastically and was in his MVP season. It's going to be awesome to watch all those games once again. Not really going to cover a lot of the news and stuff like that. Even if something big happens in video games. Maybe something will happen in video games and maybe I will cover it. I don't know. But ladies and gentlemen, until my next podcast, I hope you have a fantastic day. And I'll see you next time. Bye-bye.